So last week I'm in the city, I hook up with a friend of mine I haven't seen in a couple of years, and after a couple of quick catch-up type things, we fall into the holy fuck what's happening to this country conversation. After a while, in an effort to like crowbar a silver lining around the discussion, my buddy says, well, it's a good time to be doing a political podcast, I guess, job security and all. And I had to admit that we hadn't really been doing the political show real regular of late. You know, we've been more focused on uh, the cinematography and Nigerian soap operas. And, and, and before this is even all the way out of my mouth, I feel morally obligated to toss out a few excuses, right? So I start with the business ones. You know, you know, I mean, the workload keeps expanding and our ability to put three high-quality shows out and still keep up with all the shit that needs to get done on a day-to-day basis is really being tested. And this show, you know, it's always had a much smaller audience than the other two, makes a lot less money than the other two. So it's always taken a back burner to them. And, you know, I mean, all that stuff is true, but it's not the whole reason. The other reason, as I admitted to my buddy, and I'll admit to you now, is that politics also stopped being fucking funny. I mean, I feel like for months I cassandra my way through this election, screaming into an empty room and wondering if anybody else also saw that Donald Trump could be the fucking president. And every time I suggested maybe we should vote for the other, only other person who might conceivably be president, I'd have to dig through 165 angry messages about her talking to banks about money. And, 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 and now I'm just staring into this world with my jaw gape saying, like, you gave me this festering pile of shit and now you want me to make it funny? But I owe you better than that. We, we, we owe you better. We, we, we certainly owe you better than an unannounced indefinite hiatus during one of the most newsworthy periods in American history. I mean, the harder it gets to find the humor in the world, the more important it is to try, right? If ever there was a time you needed us to help you laugh at the world, this is it. Now, that being said, all the shit about not being able to keep up with the work schedule is also true. So we're going to be trying a few things over the coming months to see how we can continue to give you all the shows that we promise you without sacrificing the quality you come to expect. So we just ask that you bear with us as we make a few changes over the next couple of months. But in return, we promise to get back to our biweekly schedule and not miss an episode without at least warning you and telling you how long it's going to be. So sorry about that. And now the theme music. It's Monday. It's February 6th. And the word of the day is, what the fuck is happening? He, he had the uh, seven horns and ten crowns removed by a plastic surgeon, I do believe. I'm No Illusions. I'm Eli Bosnick. I'm Heath Enright. And broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On this week's episode, we'll make a nice tidy list of things for you to be scared of. We'll marvel at how many more people get the problem when you plug the word alternative in front of facts instead of medicine. And a new list of terrifying stuff populates itself while we record this. But first, the music has to fade out. To give you an idea of just how fast-moving the news has been over the last couple of weeks, a few days ago I sat down to write the outline for a segment that sought to prioritize the terror, right? Obviously there's a lot going on that you should be terrified by, and it's gotten difficult to keep track of all of it, so I wrote an outline titled Top 10 Things We Should Be Terrified About This Week, and then four days later I rewrote it as a Top 20. So, without further ado, drum roll, please. Number 20. 
the speed with which the left has abandoned the center. Look, I put it at 20. It's not like the most terror. It's the least terrifying thing on the list. Um, because we really should be proud of the, the way that liberals have literally taken to the streets and, and affected real change over the first couple of weeks of ad-libbed buffoonery out of the White House. But I bring this up because I'm also hearing a lot of people say like, oh, you know, it's time to give up on the political system altogether. No, it's not. You know, and a lot of people say, well, this is a coup. Let's let's rise up in arms. I'm like, guys, let's save the word coup for when there's actually a coup, because there might be. We need that word. We can't cry wolf on that one. He actually won an election. That's we, terrifying, but true. Yes, it's an inept in an administration. But yeah, the, the when when the when the guys who won take over, that's not a coup. That's democracy in inaction. Yeah, the whole Bannon now controls the death robots thing is bad, but he hasn't aimed them at Ginsburg yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> right. Yet. I think we need to Thomas Crown that shit. Everybody just wearing RBG masks and robes until 2020. Oh, there you go. Way ahead of you. Way ahead of you. But for sexual reasons. <laughs> also, but you know, look, my fears, I don't want to make the same mistake as the Republicans did when they started catering to the Tea Party, right? We don't want the far left hijacking what could be a movement that gets a lot of conservative support if we veer a little closer to center, right? You know, you know, like like the calls for Democrats to block every single Trump cabinet appointee, th- th- those are counterproductive. Yes, they all suck, but we did lose the election, right? They, they can't actually block all the nominees anyway. So picking their battles is probably the soundest political move, but it can't work if their constituency abandons them over like the housing and urban development pick. I know who it is, but yeah. still. Cobra Commander is never going to appoint Mr. Roger. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like, none of the picks are going to be good. Like Andrew tells me that uh, Gork Bark Bark yep, is you got bad, right. so I'm like, I believe you, but the fact that it wasn't Roy Moore is a win. Yeah, right. like, we got to <laughs> right. call it a win that it wasn't Judge Dredd or Judge Fudge or Judge Judy. <laughs> and uh, just in general, I think it's terrible how both sides of the spectrum abandon the middle. It's I mean, like, well, yeah. the, the left is the late comer, right? The Republicans never had a middle; they just lost. <laughs> Their middle is Dave Rubin. Like, They're not doing it to me anymore. <laughs> well. If I'm clinging to any kind of silver lining here, I'm hoping for a like a moderate backlash in the coming years. <laughs> Far like, center. We, we really, really need that. Like it is time for us who have not made strict decisions to rise up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And but seriously, like maybe a reasonable conservative party becomes a thing. Like that could replace the Republican Party and be a thing that people would vote for, and I wouldn't be terrified about. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, as terrified. Like, yeah. for example, if conservatives want a billionaire businessman in charge, um, maybe one who's actually successful, like a Mike Bloomberg, and he's not a crazy person. Right, I'd have voted for Bloomberg. Yeah. Maybe Kara Santa Maria will return my emails too, Heath. I you mean, never, while we're, while we're dreaming, <laughs> never know. <laughs> All right, so like I said, I just want to kind of throw that out because I do think there's a chance to like. Actually, if there's a silver lining, it's that, right? We can actually break the partisanship. It's going to take somebody fucking up this bad. But that's going to be undercut if we're just screaming about every little thing and not allowing our politicians that are in. Look, we put them in the minority everywhere, right? You know, they're they're fighting an uphill battle on everything. And and when you're in that situation, you can't pick every single fight. So I just wanted to throw that out there. All right. Actual shit to really be scared of. Number 19. Obsessing over crowd size, okay? It's been a couple of weeks now, and if he had stopped talking about it, I wouldn't have brought it up here. But as recently as Friday night, Trump was apparently still bragging about how big his inaugural crowd was to Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull. 
He's 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 having the but but his new wife is kind of fat ha huh, conversation with foreign leaders. Okay, what the fuck does it matter? What's the crowd? Do your fucking job. Real things. You're the president. Okay, wait. To be fair, I if I understand his language correctly, and I am not saying I do, uh, <laughs> they put out white sheets this year, and his fans really feel like white things have been trodden down enough. Oh, yeah. They weren't sure if they were supposed to wear them. But <laughs> nobody had cut the holes already. It was confusing. Well, and and look, the, the, in all in all seriousness, this kind of narcissism betrays a person not fit to deal with real world problems like which laundry detergent, right? And, and why would Trump expect a bigger? He didn't even win the popular vote. He's, <laughs> yes, he did. Of course, <laughs> right? like, Obama's approval rating when he took office was almost double. Trump's right now. <laughs> Why would you expect to be big? It's nuts. Yeah. Like, let's just have Barack fuck Melania and get it over with. Oh, He's yes. bigger. Deal <laughs> with it. Oh, I would watch that video a lot. Yes, I would. <laughs> <also>. Like <laughs> resurrection of Gavin Stone levels. Watch that video. <laughs> Billionaire money. All right. He has a call forward. On uh, uh, number eighteen. Remember we were talking about him bragging about his crowd size to uh, Malcolm Turnbull? That wasn't the worst thing he did. Yes. Number 18 is a president that hangs up on Australia. So according to multiple sources, during a Friday phone call with Australian Prime Minister Malcolm Turnbull, Trump got into an argument about a plan to relocate 1,200 refugees, at which time he berated Turnbull, told him this was the worst call he'd had with a foreign leader all day, and then hung up on him 25 minutes into a call that was scheduled to go for an hour. His, his press secretary later excused the behavior by saying he was tired at 5.25 p.m. Great. America is a couple with a shitty kid now. Like, right. Sorry, he's tired. <laughs> he doesn't like loud noises or when people touch his trucks. I don't, I don't know why he's being this way. <laughs> Donald Trump raped me in a locker room. He didn't. Um, <laughs> if we laugh enough, it's definitely a joke. So, yeah, no. But look, I mean, again... Let's make this serious. Our foreign policy is being carried out by a guy who gets too flustered to get the fucking refund from Subway when he calls to complain, you know? Like, before they can get around to saying, we'll give you the next one free, he's threatening to shoot their cat. He's like your drunk girlfriend getting you roped into fights at a bar at this point. <laughs> and, and now we're all just trying to, like, drag him into the car so he won't yell the N-word at the big black dude who <laughs> the shit out of you. I was sorry. You apologize <laughs> to the black guy. Mm-mm, never. <laughs> I mean, okay, in, in fairness, it's Australia this time, so, you know, whatever, nobody cares. But, but next time, instead of getting punched in the face, it's a nuclear holocaust. Well, but that's, and that's the thing, too, right? It's like the least challenging call he will ever have. All right. Number 17. The one in, two out policy. It's not as fun as you think. Yeah, way less sexual than you're hoping for. Yeah, and this well, one, and this is kind of why we're doing this segment, right? Because a lot of this shit is largely flying under the radar because there's so much shit to be pissed about, right? So last Monday, Trump signed an order they're calling the one in, two out policy, demanding that for every new regulation federal agencies implement, two others need to be eliminated. <laughs> you can't just make up. No, I mean, the fact that a grown-up like even articulated a policy like this should be enough to make this list. But it is a goddamn executive order. Yeah. So wait, follow this path for me. And like, let's say we perfect all the regulations and then we discover that toothpaste can't have too much mint. <laughs> that results in an infinitely expanding triangle of regulations being passed and destroyed, <laughs> right? In an infinite, like weird Kafka-esque <laughs> papers being torn into papers. I... <laughs> it's kind of like that. 
but honestly, it's it's great. It feels like a fucking spell in Magic the Gathering. Like every time you sacrifice <laughs> one land, I have to throw two elves in the fuck is going on it's like a crazy fairy tale character like helena bottom carter is going to turn congress into a pumpkin if the math doesn't work out on the regulation removal plus minus what the fuck well bottom line this is how children think and and not the one on the regular buses (laughs) and speaking of buses number 16 grizzly bears in the schools I tell you, Colbert's been trying to warn us about this shit for years. According to the National Center for Education Statistics, there are currently 98,817 public schools in the U.S., none of which is properly armed to repel a determined attack by grizzly bears. Well, Betsy DeVos is going to remove about half of those. For every one charter school, you have to remove two public (laughs) schools. Gotcha. Fuck. To be fair, if she spends her entire time as education secretary building bear traps to put outside schools, it will be the least harmful thing she does to children. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Fuck you. Call it a deadfall. What we need, we need every classroom to be a room full of grizzly bears with assault rifles. That way everyone is safe. Think about it. I mean, Newtown never would have happened if every classroom had grizzly bears <laughs> with assault rifles. Brave enough to say, Miss Jensen, Bobo's cheating off my math. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 15. This is another fly under the radar kind of one. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you've heard about it, though. Number 15, publishing a weekly list of crimes committed by immigrants. During his first week in office, Trump promised to start publishing a weekly list of crimes committed by immigrants. This came as a part of the broader push to crack down on sanctuary cities and otherwise demonize brown people. And it doesn't even specify illegal immigrants, just immigrants. So like his wife. Yeah, right, right. Jude Law. This kind of scapegoating (laughs) propaganda should scare the fuck out of all of us, especially since there won't be a corresponding list of crimes committed by the Jews. And you know what shifty motherfuckers those guys are. It's mostly underground dreidel rings at this point, (laughs) but it gets pretty fucking intense. Steve Bannon will crack down. down. You roll a gimmel on Shmuley on a Friday night when he's got enough Manischewitz in him, you'll die. (laughs) You'll die on the floor like a dog. I get all of that. So I don't. (laughs) But look, I mean, for most presidencies, an idea like this would be the most controversial and stupidest move of their tenure. But for Trump, it's like, no, it's that crazy thing from last Thursday. No, the other crazy thing from, (laughs) yeah, terrifying. Uh, Instead of a State of the Union, it's just like a weekly clip of Trump walking into an Irish bar like, anybody have a good story about immigrants? Who's been here for a while? Who's got a story? Well, and, and also think about what he's saying here. Like, he's not suggesting publishing statistics or something that could be even fact-based. He's promising the evidential equivalent of testimonials. Like a trial. Well, like a show. <laughs> a show trial. Feels so familiar. Maybe the horse could enforce it. <laughs> There's no way Trump didn't build himself a giant stack of desks like Scarecrow in Dark Knight Rises. He's got That's that a somewhere. Good idea. All right, number 14. You knew it had to be on here somewhere. The fact that it's not higher on the list is terrifying. Number 14. The wall. So last Wednesday, all the people who are still clinging to the hope that the border wall with Mexico was just campaign bigotry had to shut the fuck up. Trump signed two executive orders to expedite the building of his wall, as well as boosting border patrol forces and increasing the number of immigration officers who carry out deportations. 
The estimated cost of the wall, by the way, is between 15 and $25 billion, which Mexico is definitely not going to give us. Hmm. So, it, and now at first they, they proposed, they were like, oh, no, we'll just do a 20% tax on all Mexican imports to reimburse America for the cost. And then they saw a Facebook meme that pointed out that that just makes <laughs> America suck. pay for the fucking <laughs> thing suck. twice. That's how it goes. Trump was like, fine, make it 40%, whatever. I'm assuming Janet Yellen's about to get fired for explaining to him why that's not how it works. You can't just double, no. What we're saying is have an avocado while you can, people. Seriously, <laughs> stockpile them. Guacamole will be the diamond of 2020. And guacamole is actually a girl's best friend. Seriously. So- <laughs> you want a white woman? Get some guac. So, but I, but I will say, the other thing that we're saying here is that at some point, someone's going to get fired by Trump for math. Now, but also, like, okay, so maybe somebody thinks this is a good idea. Do do they not realize that Mexicans have wall scaling technology? I saw that movie with Matt Damon. And I think a lot of immigrants know that Canada exists also. You can go that. Whatever. Yeah, or or that water exists on either side. Maybe we're going to build it all the way around the oceans as well. Yeah, <laughs> cracking walls. Ah, oh, cracking walls. See now, if they're like, I, I don't think that it would be realistic to do like a Manhattan project to create a kraken. But if we were close enough, I'd be afraid of that. This is the president to do it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and by the way, just you know. Word of reminder, the rate of unauthorized immigration from Mexico peaked in 2007 and has been declining ever since. In fact, we're deporting so many people, it's borderline inhumane, if not inhumane, right? The fact is, right now, we have negative immigration to Mexico. So I feel like Trump's economic policy is more than enough to fix this fucking problem. Anyway, moving on. Number 13. Neil Gorsuch. That guy, him. Yeah, that's the... (laughs) He's the one. Guy, yeah. So during a televised announcement, Melania decided not to use her steel. So Trump announced Neil Gorsuch as his nominee to fill the seat that Scalia's decaying corpse has been taken up on the Supreme Court for nearly a year. And as scary as Gorsuch is, I, I feel like the principle of senators indefinitely blocking a SCOTUS nomination is far scarier. So that's what I'm putting on the list here. Yeah. Blocking him forever is like punching a Nazi. You feel <laughs> like you should be able to do it, but Noah says you're wrong. So like, whatever. Fine. <laughs> He edits the show, so sure, don't do that. <laughs> now, of course, we talked about this guy uh, um, at length on last week's scathing, so I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to like reiterate the case, but I, just suffice to say, he would be the most openly partisan justice on the Supreme Court since Antonin Scalia. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's like Clarence Thomas, except white, young, healthy, and not a mute. And way smarter, which is even more dangerous. He looks like he was hatched in a goddamn eugenics lab. We're <laughs> going to be fucked for a while if he gets confirmed. Yeah. He's got that life extension technology and everything. Uh. All right. Number 12. Severely mentally ill people with guns. Okay. Now, I-, I honestly thought about leaving this one out because there's already too much media equivalency drawn between mental illness and gun violence. But bear with me here. On Thursday, the House voted to repeal a regulation that required the SSA to disclose information about people with mental illness to the National Gun Background Check System. Because if severely mentally ill people can't get guns, how will Trump's voters defend themselves? And look, I bring this up because the only extant restriction related to this kept guns out of the hands of people who are mentally unfit to do stuff like have bank accounts and stuff like if they couldn't cash their SSA check. That's the level that we're talking about. 
And, and the terrifying thing here is that a significant portion of American voters are fist pumping about this one. Yeah, more guns. Guys, how crazy do you think I could act in a gun store and still uh, get a gun? Challenge not extended. Not challenge accepted. Ch- no, wink. No, wink. No, no, wink. wink. No. Gander Mountain, here we come. <laughs> no wink. It's just, and, and what's so funny about this is that this all comes sort of at the same time that we're like, you know, trying to close our borders to decrease mass shootings like that one in Canada. You know, maybe there's a different way we could go. Um, but tariffs? Stop and frisk? Oh, that works. Maybe? Slow motion dive rolls. Yes. Con- that's how I move from room to room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number 11. The term alternative facts. Okay, we haven't been on in a while, I know. The world was introduced to this lovely little nugget of news speak by Trump advisor Kellyanne Conway only two days after his inauguration. This came in response to media scrutiny of Sean Spicer's unevidenced claims about the impressive size of Trump's inaugural penis. In a Meet the Press interview, Chuck Todd pointed out that Spicer was spouting a provable falsehood, to which Conway responded, quote, Don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. You're saying it's a falsehood, and our press secretary, Sean Spicer, gave alternative facts to that. End quote. Adding, are you on your period? Seriously, are you on your period? You seem like you're on your period because you're being a real bitch right now. Yeah, and apparently the Trump administration is all about being PC now. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. They, they weren't wrong. They were truthiness impaired. Yeah, Liberals need to check their reality privilege. That's it's a big problem. And I, when I was looking up this quote, by the way, I wound up on Wikipedia's article for alternative facts. The related articles are fraud, media manipulation, and propaganda. So you know, just like <laughs> when the C also is all you need to hear. <laughs> all of Trump's briefings going to start with trigger warning data from now on, so he doesn't get scared. And look, I mean, oh, press secretary lied, you know, big deal, whatever. But at least there used to be a veneer of pretending to tell the truth, right? Yeah, the previous ones also didn't eat 35 pieces of gum before noon. (laughs) So brave new world filled with monsters. What the fuck is wrong with that? Everything. It's a serial killer thing to be doing. (laughs) Eating 35 pieces. What? (laughs) Candy. It's sweet. (laughs) Someone in his life explained to him that that's not for eating. And he was like, it is for eating. And they were like, you should work for Trump. And he was like, I should. (laughs) And I guess number 11B is that none of the aforementioned shit even made the top 10. But we need a break to wring out our brains. So we'll have to keep you in suspense over the last half of the list. We'll be back after this. I'm going to go eat a chess piece. (laughs) That's what we can do now. Calm down, Sean. (laughs) Hey, welcome to Dave's Guns. How can I help you? Hey, man, can I talk to you for a minute? Uh, yeah, sure. Right, so government, right, rabbit, they put robots in Um, my coffee at the Starbucks where I live during the day, but now, but now, I found them, I'm gonna make them pay, so I uh, need a gun. Okay, do you have a criminal history? (laughs) Not yet, wink. That, that was blinking, you, you closed both your eyes, that's, that's, Okay, which, which one's the gay one? The the gay one? You get it. Now, does this gun kill vampires? Uh, vampires aren't real. Oh, so. would that that were true, amigo. How much is this one? Uh, well, that one right there. Doesn't that's, matter. Um, My brother um, gave me his bank card for a bus ticket home, but I can't get on a bus if it's gonna fill with neurotoxin, can I? Uh, I, I guess not. One last question. 
<laughs> sure, why not? Any law that would prevent me from purchasing this gun? As of last week, no. Uh, actually, you're fine. Enjoy your gun. Thanks. See you at the water park. Great. Thanks. Water park. Sploosh. And we're back for the final 10 things to be terrified of this week. I realize that you've got a bomb shelter to dig, so I don't want to keep you long. Instead, we'll dive right back in with number 10, Trump's policies on climate change denialism. Right. And now after a campaign loaded with denialist bullshit about global warming being a Chinese hoax, it comes as no surprise that Trump's administration worked quickly to roll back the lethargic process we're making on climate change. Now, this this included, but in the first two weeks, but was not limited to removing climate change data from the EPA's website, putting a soft core denialist in charge of the EPA, ordering federal science agencies to stop tweeting true shit, trying to get a list of all the scientists working on climate change from the Department of Energy, and announcing plans to withdraw from the groundbreaking 200 nation Paris Agreement on climate change. He's he's literally going to start sending around people to burn books soon. Like it's where that we're really. Cl- Why would you erase data from the EPA? What what, what would be the good use? Because it's because it's a Chinese hoax, and he's trying trying to get ahead of the Chinese, see? Now, I, I should point out, normally I would have inaction on global warning way higher on my list of shit to be scared of, but it's not like we were already doing stuff and we're not, so that's like a background fear. We're just being more brazen about not giving a fuck about petty shit like grandkids at this point. Yeah, with everything else, this is like finding out that the murderer from Rear Window also didn't recycle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, wait, no, that, that, that goes in plastics. <laughs> Exactly. Are we to focus on the Nazis' carbon footprint or the baby shoes' footprint? <laughs> or maybe we circle back for the carbon thing. Like, all right. Yeah, yeah, right. But look, uh, essentially, we're about to have the same basic environmental policy as the Urukai. This is like this is not like something that we can like forget about. Oh, oh and by the way, the other big move was. Uh, that oil companies no longer have to disclose payments to foreign governments, so the American voter can finally check that off their list. Finally. Looking out for the little guy. Expect my $10 check on your birthday, ExxonMobil. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so number nine. The fact that Muslim ban wasn't just hyperbole. Hey, everybody, the Nazis are back, and it's us. Yeah, well, let's again, that's another word that I don't want to overuse because we might still need it. But I have to admit, I really didn't think he was ever going to go through with this shit. Right. Like he talked about it on the campaign trail a couple of days after the San Bernardino shooting. Uh, then candidate Trump called for a quote. Total, complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States until our country's representatives can figure out what the hell is going on, end quote. Uh, remember when he was a candidate, how oh, awesome that was? Do you was think funny. when this all shakes down and makes him really unpopular and he has to withdraw it, he'll just be like, we figured out what's going on. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> all, I, all I ever said is I we now in- figure out what the hell. <laughs> I now entirely know what's going on. It's, we should give him that out, though. We shouldn't try to take that away from him now. Mission accomplished. Yeah. So he reiterated this a number of times on the campaign trail. He bad a thing about it on his website. He promised it repeatedly. And I thought he was just bolstering his racism cred. But on Friday, January 27th, he made good on his promise or at least got as close to doing that as he was pretty sure he legally could. We're still finding out if he legally could, but he was pretty sure this was all going to be legal. All right, so here's the thing with this one. It, it's scary how much a Muslim ban uh, 
it seems like a reasonable idea to me. Like that sounds like a good plan. I know it's bad. I know it's bad. <laughs> I know you're not supposed to agree with that, but it sounds. Well, I'm a bleeding heart liberal, and I'm like, oh, oh hmm. Well, like, but here's the thing, though, right? If if there is any possibility of reforming the Muslim faith to be like one of those faiths that we can just like make fun of and they don't kill everybody, what, it's what possibility? Where would you rank that? It it well, I, I I think look, if you look at the Muslim community within the U.S., by and large, it is a largely assimilated community, um, you know, or less so now because we have this asshole as a president. So I think like you know having the open arms and bringing people in to see like nah, you know, when there's not Sharia law, things are better. Um, I I do. Do think that that's one of the few routes towards that that we have but the other thing is is there's no fucking way to do this while being humane and there's also no way to do this without being you know real obvious about how inhumane you're being you know especially like since we're turning away refugees from a war that we basically started or no we started okay so it is evil the way i'm thinking about it right? yeah my, but in- still- my instinct is evil and that's terrifying <laughs> what i'm saying because there's the, uh, definitely a lot of people who yeah. no like I because like if if, it, if he had a white guy ban I would have a lot of trouble trying to defend that but I still would but yeah and the other thing to think of is that nobody with any foreign p- policy credentials seems to think this is a good idea so you know, even if you agreed with it in principle you have to disagree with its execution Hold on, can we circle back white guy ban I like that I <laughs> am like that. into it and happily oh. see how it goes <laughs> yeah. Canada has legal weed. Yeah, mm. well, there's there's all kind of great Canadian stuff. Um, but also, you know, I, I want to point out because there's a lot of shit that flies around and most people only see as Facebook memes. But that thing about him not including any Middle Eastern countries he had business ties to, that's true. That 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 meme was yeah, and correct. We need to emphasize here that like if this were about terrorism, in theory, it would include those countries. But it's so clearly like, – like, it's not a Muslim ban. It's a refugee ban. It's like a scared people about to be murdered ban. Yeah, a lot of that. A lot of that. Otherwise, it would include the, the other countries Like where too. like the 9-11 and attackers like, came yeah, from. Those guys. And, yeah. right. and British yeah. Muslims too. Like we, we would just be like, hey, nobody who thought that book wasn't boring. Get out of here. None of you. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, but look, I mean, and, and also you're, I'm seeing this excuse constantly where people are saying, well, it isn't a Muslim ban because you look at all of these Muslim majority countries that we didn't ban. And that would be like me using Eli as evidence that the Holocaust never happened. I mean, they did miss me. <laughs> but but it, I mean, that's the thing is that like, they like, oh, well, but our, our bigotry is, <laughs> is limited in scope. Um, and then also, you know, like cause the, the, the actual intent here was scary enough um that again it's it's pretty easy to miss how scared we should be by the amateurish way that this was carried out yeah all right so would you just one more time was i wrong or right my instinct was wrong <laughs> is what we're saying i just want to be... yeah yeah the religious that was evil. it was evil it was evil no, right. just, no. he's no. way less mad at you than he was me about the nazi punches <laughs> that's fine it's fine oh he wants to ban all the muslims that's cool did you say we should punch nazis <laughs> That's a serious problem. I'm not saying we punch them. We don't even let them get. Oh, what if we let them in, but they got to get punched to get in? All right. It's like your little brother. You're like, let me get you. Let me get you. I wonder why. That's a compromise. I wonder why Noah was so much harder. Anyway, so. (laughs) I'll punch a five-year-old in an airport. (laughs) I know. That's why. I feel like that is the answer to the question I'm not talking about Chicago. That kid started (laughs) with me. (laughs) Number eight. The fact that I ran 
is on double secret probation. Seriously, <laughs> this is this is your mom talking about how she's gonna call your father, but you know she's faking because your dad hasn't come <laughs> what home. The fuck. <laughs> All right. So on Wednesday, National Security Advisor Michael Flynn held a bizarre little news conference where the administration responded to a recent Iranian missile test by officially putting Iran, in his words, on notice. <laughs> how does that go? Like, hello. Iran? <laughs> yeah, no, my boss wants wants you to know that... Oh, no, oh, actually, hold on. What am I telling them? He wants you to know that we see you there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we see you there. We see you there. Fuck, I don't know, man. Like, you're on... You're on notice. Whatever. <laughs> he's notice. He's, he's, I think he's written Be on notice. notice. Like getting a warning from your manager at Subway. <laughs> so we have yellow cards and red cards. I'll quit right the fuck now, man. I don't need the $8. And and look, here's the thing. It's not just like we can't figure... No one knows what the fuck this means, right? And what's more, apparently U.S. military in the area was not warned about this impending escalation or rhetoric, whatever the fuck it meant, and they found out about it the same way I did. That's scary. I mean, I'm not in the military, so it's less scary for me, but that's fucking scary. Hey, dude, shut the tank down for a second. Check out this tweet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think we might need... Yeah. Us. So in a minute. Also, okay. So go. <laughs> Should we go? Order forty four. God I don't damn it! Like, Sean Spicer tweeted his thing. password again. At <laughs> Army. Go. So now, when pressed for clarity later that day, staffers alluded to a number of options the administration could deploy to rein in Iran. When asked if those included military options, they declined to answer. When asked what the non-military options were, they still declined to answer. Okay. Uh, two words. S- sounds like. Spooks. Uh, uh, too clear. Piss silos. I don't know, man. Usually, Obama's guys just told us. Piss silos? <laughs> so, but Tehran's you try response. And run <laughs> what the fuck runs with missiles? Thistles. Thistle. Oh, thistles. Look at me. Yeah. I can do rhymes. It's a boat and a plant. So, yeah. And also, <laughs> by the way, Tehran's response to this was like, <laughs> really? <It's>, fuck <laughs> off, man. Just fuck off. That's like that was really their response. I I think they said something about like, yeah, we've been, you know, intimidated by way more intimidating people than you guys. (laughs) At the real Donald Trump. You go then. Go. (laughs) Right. You do it. All right. Number seven. Lest we forget. Trump's stated intention of gutting Dodd Frank. This is terrifying. Yeah, right. And again, it's only seven on the list, but that doesn't mean it's not super fucking scary. This could easily be higher on the list. Uh, uh, Yeah, absolutely. So hoping everybody's attention was still focused on refugees with green cards and handcuffs on American soil and whatnot, Trump signed yet another executive order on Friday announcing plans to gut all them pesky regulations we put in place to ensure billionaires wouldn't fuck the American economy out of trillions of dollars like they're always want to do. Specifically targeting the announcement, of course, were the 2010 Dodd-Frank regulations. Yeah, who'd have thought that arrogant billionaire wouldn't be the champion of the middle class that he promised to be? <laughs> so weird. Don't say good, it'll hurt the people who voted for him. Don't say good, it'll hurt the people who voted for him. Like, yeah, I've got a subprime mortgage. It's really going to come down hard on me. Okay, well, here's the thing. That's good that you're not going to default on a subprime mortgage, but I'm assuming you occasionally put money in a in a bank of some you sort. Assume do you assume wrong? Do, <laughs> do you know anybody that uses mm-hmm, banks for their their money? I do not. Um, I, everything well, goes straight from pay. <laughs> everything goes straight from Patreon into guacamole. Okay, well, I feel like you're a bad example for like everything. So, the gold is the but future. Like, but everybody else, banks, they have money in it. Dodd Frank 
is basically a rule that says the bank can't then take everyone's money that they have and like bet against a gypsy bare knuckle boxing derivative. <laughs> like right. they can't. Do, do we obviously we shouldn't let them do that. Okay, that is where I invest my money. So, <laughs> I feel like this whole segment I'm was just of... you taking shots. You lost, gorgeous George. <laughs> All right, so number six. Trump's team are all using unsecure private email servers. Oh, fuck Jesus. everybody that didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Oh. Doing that is a big deal. Wait, but that means that we now need to turn the country over to someone way worse than Trump and his team. So, <laughs> so I guess next time we vote for the AIDS virus. <laughs> <laughs> or Jill Stein. We could vote for Jill Stein. <laughs> I don't think what's worse. <laughs> Not much. Oh, God, this is all. Russian spies must think this is hilarious. They're all just hanging out, drinking. Yeah, I guess we could look at his emails, but like we already have two hours of whores peeing on his face in HD. <laughs> you know he's about to say the N-word out loud during a speech. He's what are not, we even doing gonna... here? <laughs> Feel weirdly out of place. Just... What do you have to report? I mean, a lot, kind of, uh... sure. The hole is dug. <laughs> so, you want a deeper hole? <laughs> Moving right along here. Number five. Um, and it, we're getting into top two territory, um, but there's just five of those. The oblivious nonchalance with which Trump escalated the war in Yemen. Oh, yeah, that was fun. So by now, everybody's heard all about Trump taking his new national security toys out for a spin and getting babies killed. Whoopsie. But holy shit, does it deserve another mention here? Right. According to the most recent report, I could find as many as 30 civilians were killed during the first military action of Trump's presidency. Included in that death toll are at least nine children and not included are 14 militants and a Navy SEAL who was also killed during the raid. And as insignificant as it seems next to the nearly four dozen dead people, U.S. also lost a $72 million aircraft and all this. One of the cool ones, vertical takeoff, it's got to get into two helicopter things, but it's also a plane. Well, wait, we know how much Trump cares about how much planes cost, so maybe that'll give him pause. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> huh? Yeah. He's real mad at Boeing. Oh, he's like a fucking kid who just learned his first karate move in class that right? day. So now he's just going around everywhere. Front kick, front kick, front <laughs> kick. God damn it. Dive roll. And, and of course, look, <laughs> the most distressing detail about this is the fact that Trump apparently approved this over dinner, like failed to consult with a number of relevant advisors, brought his irrelevantly experienced son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and his Goebbels in chief Steve Bannon in on the decision. I actually can't think of anything legal to say about Jared Kushner. <laughs> Literally no legal words. I spent the entirety of my note writing for this segment on a funny legal joke to write about Jared Kushner. Don't have it. Everyone has their limitations. And also, by all appearances... He had no idea that this constituted a major escalation in Yemen. You know, fig fig figured it was one of the places you could just put troops in whenever you like, like Mexico and Chicago. <laughs> I've played Risk. I'm pretty sure this is going to be fine. <laughs> All right. Well, now that Dinesh D'Souza saw his shadow, I think he's got like six weeks to make a movie about Trump murdering Navy SEALs, right? Well, there you this go. should be fun. Now, to be fair... Way too many liberals twiddle their thumbs when it was their guy in the White House killing civilians. You know, so there is a little hypocrisy going on right now. But I feel like when it comes to the outrage over the deaths of children, we should probably err towards a better late than never policy. You'd think, right? Yeah. So, but but yeah, like there is some hypocrisy. Let's own that hypocrisy and then say, okay, all right, yeah, no, we're hypocrites. Can we stop killing babies now that we admitted that? And also, this is important 
Trump said on the campaign trail that he was going to go after the families of terrorists. That's one of the actual words that came out of his mouth and, and then didn't preclude him. He, being... he announced all the things on this list, basically. We yep. shouldn't be surprised about any of nope. this. And, of course, during this raid, a terrorist eight-year-old daughter got killed. And a terrorist whose son we also have already killed. Now, I don't think that was the plan. I don't think they set out to... And I don't think the American military would have drawn up plans and gone ahead with the mission if that was the plan. You know, But I, I think this is a great example of why you don't cavalierly talk about killing people's families, especially when you might. You know, I mean, at all, but especially when you might. This must just be Black Friday for Taliban recruiters, right? right? Just handing people a uh. fortune cookie-sized piece of paper that says they're going to kill your children. Yeah, no, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> my lucky number is 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, or 44. Where's my bomb vest? Ready yeah. to go. Also, I love to, after this raid, Spicer comes out, said the raid was very, very well thought out. So two varies there, not a single very kind of thought out here. And also that it was a success because valuable intelligence was gained. Now, never mind that local witnesses report the U.S. forces never actually entered any of the building and all that happened was dead people. The best they could even pretend they did was gather a bit of intelligence for four dozen lives. They also tried it out. That, did you guys see the terrorist video? They tried it out. They said they got from the raid, and then they had to admit that actually that was publicly available, and it was 10 years old and unrelated. Yeah, but I think we all learned some valuable lessons from that video about sexual harassment in the work cave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, women should wear burkas. Exactly. <laughs> wow. Makes I say easy. it all the time. These all kids right. should have just taken a punch in the face. Number four. That last joke from Heath. No. <laughs> <laughs> Number four. The fact that 44% of Americans still approve of the job that Donald Trump is doing. How? how I, are okay. we polling dogs while I, holding treats? I can't. <laughs> Look, overall, the numbers are actually encouraging, right? Okay, so the most recent poll I saw was a CNN ORC poll uh, that shows that 53% of Americans disapprove of the job he's doing. And that means at least some number of Republicans or Republican-leaning people you know, that we're voting for him uh, have to already see within a couple of weeks that he's fucked this up. And considering the kind of partisan polarity we have in this country, that's actually a surprisingly good sign. Yeah, I'm I'm still waiting on my heartfelt personal apology from like millions of people. That'd be nice. Or literally just one person I know who didn't vote for Hillary. I take a <laughs> single contrite idiot at this point. Just one. Yeah, right. But so like, yeah, good news. But the flip side of that coin is that 44 percent of people still think he's doing a good job. And it's hard to imagine what it's going to take to disabuse them of that illusion if the last couple of weeks weren't enough. You should ask for fancy mustard. They hate that. <laughs> We're Remember? talking about how bad Zale sucks. Remember when they to... were mad about the mustard? <laughs> That's what they were mad at our president about, yeah. his yeah. mustard choice. <laughs> All right, well, I I'm glad, I guess, that some amount of Trump voters were able to change their opinion on this, but what, what the fuck did they think was going to happen? His platform was literally... Uh, Christianity is good. Brown people are stupid. We knew all this was going to happen right. again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, now, a couple of quick fun stats here. He did enter the office, of course, with the worst approval rating of any president since we started keeping track of that kind of shit. Uh, he's a full six points behind the next worst, by the way, which was Reagan. He's about 32 points behind Obama, who was the best and had a way bigger inaugural crowd. Um, and, and most Dick. people have already seen this. But he also set a record for being the fastest president to a majority disapproval. Took him eight days. <laughs> eight. The next closest was Clinton at 573. 
Trump beat him by a year and a half. Oh, oh, a year and a half, or as we call that time period, the time it takes to confirm a Supreme Court justice if he's to not on your part side. Of your presidency <laughs> to, that to doesn't not count. Ever do that. When yeah. it, all right. <laughs> Number three. And considering what we've already said, you should know we've got some scary shit coming up. Number three, Vladimir Putin. Lest we forget, there's at least one major player in this game that actively wants to see the American government collapse in on itself. And he's a Bond villain playing chess against Jerry Seinfeld's penis. (laughs) I love that guy. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) He poisons people. I'm not doing this. Now, (laughs) I'm not part of this segment. Now, I, I want to point out, too, okay, a lot of shit leaking out from the White House about his contentious conversations with, like, Malcolm Turnbull and shit, but but nothing coming out about his conversations with Vladimir Putin. No leaks on those ones. Seriously, it was like a bad girlfriend. Vladdy said you would say that. You know what? I'm hanging up. Text me when you're ready to talk like an adult. Okay? And look, I mean, okay. Like, even if you're a rabid Trump supporter, and you're not, I think better of you that, but 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 even for those who are, you have to know, it is impossible to imagine that Putin doesn't have something that could bring Trump down tomorrow if he gave it to WikiLeaks, right? I mean, at the very least, they have the tax returns. He, Putin's probably got a selfie of him teabagging Trump after Trump passed out. <laughs> Who's got two tiny little thumbs and loves giving me blowjobs? That guy. <laughs> exactly. All right, number two. Yes, two things even scarier than Vladimir Putin. Number two. China is moving nuclear missiles closer to us. Do they have nuclear missiles? They do. Yeah, they got is a couple. It, are, yeah, we're not the only... Yeah, country. but they're made no, in China, so you know... Out. Are there a couple others? And, yeah, yeah, but they're going to be... The one thing they'll be able to do is import them to the U.S. All right, so lest we forget... Even before he took the oath of office, Trump was trying to goad China into thermonuclear throwdowns. You remember this as the unprecedented tweet, which is kind of scary because it makes me nostalgic for the time when we thought we'd have to like parse his struggles against the English language to find something to talk about on this show. <laughs> but apparently... You can mute him. You guys, you can just mute him. He won't know. You didn't unfriend him. You didn't unfollow. You just mute. <laughs> I don't want to block by Eli Bosnick hashtag. People hate that. <laughs> but... Apparently, China is taking his jingoistic bullshit seriously and reminded of that last Tuesday when they waved around a few of their giant intercontinental ballistic penises and parked them as close to Trump's asshole as they can get them. That's right. China is putting nuclear missiles closer to us just in case. At least I live in New York. Nice and quick. Say cheese, camera flash. <laughs> you guys are going to have to fight off giant roaches and shit. Yeah, out here. You don't have a lead fridge? One. <laughs> you don't have a big lead fridge? You can hop in for a second? Irresponsible. Right? Right? Think of the safety of your dog. Now, these would be the Dongfeng-41 missiles capable of carrying up to a dozen nuclear warheads. China claims it has the longest range of any nuclear missile in the world, but they're putting them extra close to America just in case. I want to take their time. Nuclear. They're, they're putting them in the... Uh, Heilongjiang province, which is basically China's main. Uh, somehow rich and poor at the same time. <laughs> sports teams and old stuff. Sports Wait, teams? what? Lobster? <laughs> what sports teams do you think are in Maine? The uh, Patriots! Name- <laughs> <laughs> they may or may not have won a Super Bowl. Damn. Uh, oh, I'm predicting that they didn't win. I, <laughs> I like your prediction. Forward. This is, yeah, this right. Is why you right, should right. Hold on, this is funny. Eli, name a hockey player. I like when you name <laughs> Troy Hooser. <laughs> That's a magician. That's a very famous magician. <laughs> that wasn't as racist as I was expecting. It's a donut guy. So <laughs> donut guy. So Wayne Gretzky. One 
one other thing I want to, I, I, not to not to interrupt this important hockey discussion talking about thermonuclear <laughs> war, but there's one other point that I wanted to make about this. Like, China doesn't actually make a habit of telling us where they're putting their missiles, right? <laughs> we did not find this on Satellite Recon. They, they, they posted these pictures on Twitter at the real Donald. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And you know what? I am actually somewhat relieved by this development. Why? Um, I mean, me too, but that's because I develop resistance to my medication. Yes. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. No, look, look, I want there to be nuclear weapons pointed at Donald Trump. And I want him to know that there are. And I want people to show him videos from like the end of uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and say, no, 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 that's actually a nuclear bomb. That's how they did that. Does he think we have like Magneto on our team? I, I think he thinks we're going to do the thing in the Cuban no that's not how but honestly I can't blame China f for having this reaction at no! all I mean we just put a, a guy who has like six year old really messy birthday meltdowns about Twitter comments <laughs> in charge of a big red doomsday button they should be pointing shit at yes, us yes exactly exactly as scared as I am about it we may just need nuked and honestly you know what Putting Donald Trump in charge of nuclear weapons is one of those kind of things when, when there are things that we could have done to avoid it that we didn't do. It's one of those kind of things that, like, you know, you kind of deserve to get nuked after. If there are things like that, this is one of them. All right. Number one. Like, yes, getting nuked to death is not number one. Number one. Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. Yeah. Uh. This is only a very small nudge away from having Alex Jones as Secretary of State. And, 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 and not a, a nudge in the direction of better, by right. the way. Um, and, and not just a Secretary of State, but now on the NS just, just, uh, yeah, National he, Security Council. National Security Council, right. So he's just like, he's in charge of our secret who do we murder next, including U.S. citizens panel. And a general was kicked off to give him a position. The sort of, uh, Would yeah. you rather your daughter be dead or a feminist newspaper dude was like, yeah, let's get rid of the general and put him in the place. Yeah, Dr. Strangelove with cirrhosis in charge of national security. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, yeah. Now we'd go into a big old bio here, but you know what? You have enough to be terrified about without that, so we'll save that for next time. This has been your top 20 things to be terrified of this week. And that's going to do it for episode 43. Big thanks to No Illusions and Eli Bosnick. And, of course, thanks to all the listeners who liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like a list of people I haven't compiled yet, whose beautiful genitals will be praised on our next show. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy, and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our brother and sister shows, The Skating Atheist and God Awful Movies, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Deep Web. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Drafts on Mars. He's the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide, or by Googling the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off.
It's 3.30 in the afternoon. You should not be drinking. <laughs> it's Super Bowl Sunday. He can drink if See? he wants. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.